We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Drafting the FFPC $35 Superflex Tournament for a chance at $50,000. That is what we are doing on this edition of Rotoviz Overtime as we draft against the Rotoviz Overtime community, Sean. And what is going to be a fun thought experiment, I guess we can say. The rules truly go out the window in these Rotoviz OT drafts. We have some, had some of the most fun we've ever had drafting in those leagues. So looking forward as we draft against 11 other of the Rotoviz Overtime community from the 106 slot. We did our preview show, Sean, as we talked some strategy earlier this week. So looking forward to this. And as we talked on that, we talked about the ADP. So far, it's Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, but the first jump has been for Justin Jefferson. So that part of the conversation is out, Sean. But we did talk about the option for Fields and Lamar Jackson. So there's going to be one additional quarterback in our conversation here, one pick away. How are you feeling? Is it Fields? Is it Jackson? I know we're waiting to see who goes, but that other alternative option is... I was going to say Joe Burrow, but Justin Fields has gone off the board. So which way are you feeling as we sit here at this moment in time? Well, Colin, I mean, this is a chance to get Burrow a little mm-hmm. bit later than usually at the really. fourth pick. Yeah. Right. And so that's pretty tempting. We discussed in the preview show that this favors hybrid QBs even a little bit more. Lamar Jackson is very compelling, even though supposedly he's going to run a little bit less. Let's throw this one over to you and give you your pick to start us out on our first ot listener league draft yeah i think we have to just take that a little bit of a discount on borrow here um fields i think would have been more tempting if it was jackson who it went but i feel like borrow is the the way to go here so select joe burrow we know that in other formats lamar jackson is quite a bit more expensive colin would you expect that adp to flip as we get a little bit deeper into the tournament I, I'm not sure. I think that because Borrow has the multiple stacking options, and I know we have potential cheaper options once we go past Mark Andrews for Jackson, I think the potential to be able to, to stack the Joe Borrow side. The tricky part is is you, you aren't going to get him with Chase, then it's to see if you can get a you know a, a fourth round T Higgins potentially on it, and that can be a, a little bit of a challenge as well at the slot that we're drafting on. So I think we're still going to see Borrow go a little bit heavy just for the or higher, sorry, for the reason of the the possible options to, to boost the, the overall lineup. And obviously we know that 
week 17 of the 2021 season burrow and jamar chase were absolutely on fire delivered tournament winner to connor o'driscoll and many other people across the fantasy landscape Colin, you mentioned t higgins he is at the 411, and that may seem a little bit surprising until we obviously work through the fact that all of these quarterbacks are going to be drafted before that time. The QB right before Higgins is Derek Carr at QB 19. If we saw Higgins slide to that point in this draft, we would obviously have a shot at him at the 407. But as you mentioned, uh, we kind of think that the wide receivers will be more expensive here than they normally are colin we kind of prepared a couple of different scenarios we put our plan together based on adp but adp that was shifted a little bit in the direction of receivers one of the things that we talked about in the preview show is that when you lose that flex and it becomes a super flex and so most of the time you're hoping a qb goes in there wide receivers become a little bit less powerful it's no longer in effect, a 2-4 lineup. It's more of a 2-3. So two running backs, three wide receivers. But the other part of it is that if the running backs are really good value, you could be tempted to go with a roster where a lot of the time running backs are going to factor into the flex spot. So we're very early on here. We're still at the beginning of the second round, but are you comfortable if we end up with a wide receiver avalanche draft, taking some of these values at running back, hoping these guys stay healthy? One of the things I should point out here that is pretty interesting is that when you pull up this format, you make the appropriate tweaks to show what you think is the most efficient in the flex. The win the flex tool gives us very even values for running backs and wide receivers as we move through the draft at the current ADP. So for at least from that perspective, if the draft skewed wide receiver heavy, at least in theory, and we know from, you know, 600 plus episodes of OT now that there are other considerations in this running back versus wide receiver dynamic, but there's a possibility that running backs could be pretty good values in this draft. I think they will be pretty good values. I think we'll see the wide receivers go off the board. We even, you know, the fact that we were talking about T Higgins as a four late fourth round pick, I, I think he's probably going to be gone in this. If we don't take him at that 306, he may already be gone as kind of my opinion of how the draft may play out. So some of the wide receivers, if we are wanting to get them, you're probably going to have to pitch a little bit ahead of ADP. That's why I do feel like in the second round wide receiver is very important for us because I do like a lot of the values then that are going and those other rounds, as we mentioned, you know, for running backs, that is, and kind of four, five, six, there's some interesting names in there in this particular format. So does that make you want to edge more towards the wide receiver position? Because the other player that is highly of interest in this for me would be one Jonathan Taylor, who I think is going criminally undervalued as the draft has progressed for people listening on the audio side of things. Since we picked it as Lamar Jackson, Travis Kelsey, Herbert, Lawrence, Chase, McCaffrey, Cup, Hill, Sean Watson and Amon Ross St. Brown. That means that so far we haven't seen Austin Eckler go either, who usually goes in this range now where the next couple of picks are. But it is going to be a little bit tough, Sean, to pass up some of the receiver options. But maybe that's where we do a little bit of a detour. We maybe take Taylor here or Eckler, and then we look in that third round for the likes of a Wilson, Jalen Waddle. Um, uh, I was about to say Amon Ross St. Brown, who usually goes in the third. He's already gone. So that makes it a little bit tricky. What are your preferences here is it's gonna to be tough to pass up jt if he if he's sitting here in one pick time 
Well, I mean, you've got Bijan Robinson, Austin Eckler there ahead of him by ADP. Taylor might even come back to us in the third. And that's where we, again, we get back to this difficult dilemma. Dilemma. Because, because the thing is, the thing is, is the, the superstar and the likes of a, a Taylor as we sit in the clock is available, but there's also going to be those extreme the appetizing picks in round four, round five at the running back position. So I'm kind of happy to to go the quarterback or the, the wide receiver right here, if that's what you want to go. But it really is at wide receiver digs who are not extremely on it. I think that kind of starts to push you back into that Jonathan Taylor or Austin Eckler conversation again. I think it does too, because as you mentioned, the guys we would have been excited about, Amon Ra, third round ADP goes early in two. CD Lamb, early third round ADP goes mid two. I mean, now you're talking about reaching for Garrett Wilson or Jalen Waddle, guys with late third ADPs. That's fine. And there are a lot of scenarios in which that probably makes the most sense. But let's go RB here, column. QB wouldn't be another option. Do you like Austin Eckler? Let's go JT. We've been talking, saying J- JT's ADP is ludicrous. We have, to, we have to act on it here now. Austin Eckler at this point is kind of ludicrous as well, Sean. But, you know, we have to, we have to practice what we preach. That is what we tend to do here on the you know we're not just talking up these players we're going to draft them as well 1v1 sean austin eckler's adp in this particular format uh, a little bit ahead off taylor he's usually running back two he goes he hasn't gone yet b john robinson did go one pick before us uh so taylor is usually you know six picks or so after eckler 1v1 do you think that you're going taylor over eckler i, I think i still am going taylor over eckler <sighs> i don't know i mean eckler has so many different ways that he can win you're gonna have a much more functional offense and you're gonna have all of those receptions and they don't get neutralized in this format and the way they might in half ppr the other thing is that i mean i think we could have set up for getting both players if we had selected eckler because running backs are going to fall so much in this draft the next couple of running backs i don't think are nearly as interesting saquon barkley has an adp at the 212 i would expect him to come back around to us i think you've been very optimistic to say if we took austin eckler that jonathan taylor would have lasted a full 12 picks to get back to us i think that's optimistic (laughs) what is that the 210 this is going to be a wide receiver avalanche draft i mean that's the part where you can potentially get a draft here so when you have the avalanche draft that's going to take a lot of opportunities away from you it's going to make it much more difficult to get the receiver value you need to be competitive on the other hand the potential value here is that we're in the tournament with this league and the thing that you mentioned there it's i mean jonathan taylor in round three but there are going to be very few teams that are set up with eckler taylor i think that that was a possibility we'll have to maybe serve survey the group see what everyone would have done I mean, I think that Saquon Barkley is going to be available here, but that's going to give us a little bit of a proxy. If Barkley goes in these next couple of picks, we'll know that my theory was wrong. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, Eckler did go at the third last pick off the the second round to the Justin Jefferson drafter. So that's a a Jefferson-Eckler start. And that might seem like it would be unique, but in this particular format, based on Jefferson usually going kind of pick seven, pick eight, and then Eckler usually going at the start of that second round, it probably is unique in from the third spot but overall probably not as unique though since we picked stefan diggs has gone two has gone eckler aj brown garrett wilson jalen waddle i i think sean this is a situation where as we mentioned with the the kind of avalanche happening the the run the wide receivers that usually go in this draft through the full third round have now gone at the 301 so that's jalen waddle's usually 
wide receiver 11 at the end off the third round at the 312 we did talk about t higgins sean this is a draft where i mentioned he could be even gone before it gets back to our selection here is he somebody based on how the draft's playing out that you'd be willing to take at the 306 which would be over around ahead of his current adp obviously we'll see what other options are available when it does get to us but um i think it's going to be and and the other thing you mentioned in our preview show is Kirk Cousins. The Jefferson drafter now is on the clock, has a chance to go Jefferson Eckler. He goes Brees Hall, could have went with the Kirk Cousins. So that was something that we talked about being a potential option for the Cousins drafter. Passes on him twice there. How do you feel about uh, our selection here at the... Uh, and I know Hall would have been another name that would have uh, been in the conversation. Yeah, so Brees Hall actually goes way above ADP, even in this particular style draft that we're doing here. So we are seeing the OT favorites go early, which is the other thing that we expect. We're going to have to be able to get off of some of our players or at least be comfortable with paying prices that are not great values to the market. Tua goes a little bit early. Garrett Wilson and and Jalen Waddle obviously go early. Waddle was really the guy that we wanted as our third round pick. Brees Hall goes a full round early, but now the Donnie Hula bowling team has Justin Jefferson, Austin Eckler, Brees Hall. So that team is set up, I think, to win the tournament. I love that element of it. Devontae Adams goes at the 304. So we have the next pick here. Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins are around below ADP. That part is kind of interesting. This was the other element I thought we might get in this draft, which is QBs falling. And then how do you react to that? part of it Saquon Barkley didn't go and he is an option here for us then I think Chris Olave is the other player who is at least vaguely interesting here when we think about how the ADP for wide receivers are going to be shifted up Olave and Devontae Smith are potentially guys that accomplish what we want so the question I think for you would be do you have Higgins close enough to them that you want to go ahead and complete the stack there is all the possibility too that these drafters in the back half which will be the guys we have to pass on here that they actually go for these qbs now and start to push the wide receivers down there is a possibility but i think that's less likely uh, I'm, i took the first two picks kind of sean by my push so i'm gonna let you push on this one sean knows the player that i want but we'll see who he takes we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I was hoping, Sean, you were going to take Kirk Cousins with that pick. He takes T. Higgins. 
we'll see uh, how much of the audience believes that selection. I know I would have leaned Higgins, and I know we're reaching there. I know we're reaching over, you know, Olave, for example, who by ADP and Devontae Smith by ADP. I think there's a chance, as you were saying about the the running backs, I think there's a chance that some of those quarterbacks could continue to fall into that fourth round selection that we have now. And I do think because of the wide receiver avalanche that if we get to the fifth round, like you can, you can be really wiped out at that point. And I, I would have been more tempted there to go with Saquon Barkley over the, the quarterback. What Was Higgins the player that you thought fitted this team best or were you looking to go with one of the quarterbacks or Barkley? I think Higgins is probably the player who fits best. For me, the other two options in a draft that I do expect to be very receiver heavy would have been Devontae Smith and Chris Olave. I don't think that they fit quite as well. The other element there is that, heaven forbid, Jamar Chase is injured. T. Higgins is then in the mix to be the overall wide receiver, too. Again, if something were to happen to Justin Jefferson, then you're saying he's in the mix to be the overall wide receiver, one. And from a tournament winning perspective, I think that that is the way to go. We talked about really wanting to get a triple anchor, which we have with Joe Burrow, Jonathan Taylor, and T. Higgins. For me, the rank on the players would have been those three receivers, then Barkley, and then the QBs, in part because I think the QBs are going to fall through. But at the same time, the drafters at both 11 and 12 don't have any QBs yet. And we could get back to our pick in round four and basically QB ADP, even though Prescott goes a full round below ADP, even though Cousins is not off the board yet. By the time it gets back to us, it's basically going to be the same guys who are gone, who would be gone in any normal draft. I would agree. And as we were talking to it, I was thinking these drafters who are in spot 11 and 12, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because spot 11 is Jamar Chase, Tyree Kill. Spot 12 is Christian McCaffrey, Cooper Cup. And I think that they're probably licking their lips if they were hoping that they would have quarterback options. But we see, we, we do have a true OT listener here uh, in spot 11 as they go for the third wide receiver here to kick things off. Um, but I think they have an option there that would have really given them an out to get one of the, the quarterbacks like a Kirk Cousins in this situation to pair with that start that they had, which would have made that roster pretty unique. But they have a chance here potentially coming back in that fourth round. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I just think getting absolutely blocked out at the the wide receiver and you made a good case there for Higgins as the, the upside play from that. I think when we're looking at a tournament, you're trying to win the entire thing. I do think the advantage of having Burrow and Higgins in there, they play the Chiefs in week 17. We might have an option to add in some Chiefs pieces later on. One thing that when I made that decision on the, the Burrow-Jackson pick in the first round, what I was thinking then as the rounds went on, I was thinking, oh, it'd be nice actually to potentially have Lamar Jackson to pair him up with Mark Andrews in the third round. Mark Andrews did go one pick before RT Higgins picked there, so that would have been a, a crushing blow if we were looking to go in that direction. Kirk Cousins does go to the team in 12. They now have added in TJ Hawkinson, which gives them Christian McCaffrey, Cooper Cup, Kirk Cousins, TJ Hawkinson for a, an interesting start to actually give him that stack as well for Hawkinson and Cousins. Hawkinson's usually a mid-fourth round pick, so the value that he's picked up on Cousins of pretty much uh, a round and a half is i think that's a, a really nice start there for that team in 12 we are three selections away from ours as metcalf and amari cooper go off the board some of the names in the queue sean here are Ramondre stevenson jamar gibbs and kyle pitts this is a zone where we kind of talked about some of the potential 
know running backs that we we think are, are big values in this format barkley did go off since our last pick but the likes of a, a Ramondre stevenson here would be very interesting is he is he the prime target if he makes it back to us travis Etienne potentially would be in the mix there as well this this next two to three rounds has some very interesting players that depending on how adp falls could be could be um really good but for me i'd be hoping that that we can see stevenson make it through here yeah this is a little dead zone ish just overall in that the names who are values here the guys who are top of adp you have players like geno smith aaron Rodgers, josh jacobs derrick henry Tony Pollard is exciting, but Nick Chubb, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Najee Harris, Jordan Love, those players all make sense, right? It's not that we're out on those guys, and especially Josh Jacobs after what he did last season. I mean, you could argue he should be even higher, but these are not fun names to pick. You're not going to be excited about pulling the trigger on any of those guys in round four. Yeah, so that gives us one selection. So we wait, Geno Smith, Jared Goff going off the board it does feel like a, a QB kind of and semi running back dead zone here with some of the names that you mentioned, the more veteran side of things. Debo Samuel goes off the board at the wide receiver position. That puts us on the clock. Sean Stevenson is available. Gibbs is also available there. But I think playing the ADP game, I think Stevenson's probably the, the way to go here to see then if Gibbs or potentially Pitts, for example, makes it back to us here in the, the fifth round. I agree with that. And you look at what he did last season, really distancing himself from another talented back in Damian Harris, even before Harris has the injury elements. You think about Stevenson and to be that size, to have the hybrid ability in an offense that we think is going to take a big jump. You're suddenly talking about one of these legendary upside types of backs. You're talking about a guy who could be the overall RB1. Certainly, you're talking about a potential league winner with spike weeks during the tournament time period. When we look about what's going to be available here and we think about how you would address the starting spots in your lineup and how you would overcome if you ended up getting caught out at QB, the way that you would overcome that would be through hitting on a large number of top six or seven running backs and so we're going to have to kind of balance the potential incentives and values that those types of players would bring with trying to create the overall roster look that we want because again here the issue that you run into is that you wait at qb and if you miss i mean it can really take apart your entire team it really can so we'll see we'll see how it happens sean over the next couple of rounds um and, and i think it's starting off to be pretty interesting so through those four rounds just to have a quick kind of take kind of stock of what we've done so far we have burrow we have jonathan taylor we have Ramondre stevenson and t higgins I, i'm happy with how that has played out so far when we set this up before i had kind of the priority targets in that i was hoping to get now in that third round, Jalen Waddle was my priority target. That was not possible based on how the wide receivers went. We took T. Higgins, who was my fourth round priority target at that particular point. But Stevenson was also in the mix there. So we've pretty much kind of got what we wanted through those those opening three or four rounds. Sorry, the ideal scenario for me would maybe have been Higgins in the fourth and then getting that Waddle pick, for example, in the third. But that was just simply not possible. How are you feeling through those opening four rounds as it gives us? that kind of triple anchor that we talked about with the uh, 
quarterback wide receiver and running back then adding on that second running back which in this format as we talked about with the flex and how it's set up there is a, a nice balance as well with the running back position rather than having to have the the wide receivers right and we don't get to do a lot of running back heavy drafts because it very rarely makes sense right so if we get put in a position where that's what the draft is giving you and that's what the format is mildly suggesting it can be fun to end up with a vaguely running back heavy draft now one of the things that i think really cuts the other way is that i have a lot of running back targets in that sort of round 15 through 20 range that if we ended up wanting to just completely stack up at running back late i think you can do that i think it's harder at wide receiver where you really more or less don't have anybody you like there but one of the cool things about this again is i think you can get really weird with your positional allocations in this format as long as you get wide receiver covered now one of the things that just happened here two picks ahead of us in round five goes jerry judy his adp in this format is the 612 so again you're getting a little bit of a feel of where not just wide receivers are going but the specific ot types of wide receivers we have keenan allen and jerry judy ranked much earlier than where they go by adp keenan allen who is 601 by adp he went at the 410 so i mean we're not going to get those guys that we really like we have to keep that in mind through the next couple of rounds but the other thing it allows us to do is to maybe not get caught out at quarterback as we've discussed as we get kind of to this area column Aaron Rodgers is a third round ADP. Russell Wilson and Derek Carr are fourth round ADPs. They're both still available here for our pick. And yet I think we can actually pass them. I think they will come back to us. I have one name one in mind here, Sean. I have, I have one name in mind as we're on the clock. Hit me with it. Guess it. Well, I'm, I feel like you're ready to take Kyle Pitts. That is who I'm ready to take. Are you, are you ready to take Kyle Pitts? I think we could go with ETN here. I would have preferred to go with Jameer Gibbs. He does go a couple spots ahead of us. ETN, Walker, taking the quarterback. But hey, let's go ETN. There's not a player here that really pushes in that direction. And I think that, I mean, the OT listeners understand some of the peripherals that kyle pitts put together last year anybody who is kind of thinking about kyle pitts and how he fits for the 2023 season what the upside is what the downside is column ben gretch and i recorded a stealing bananas episode last week that dives into some of that that was one of my favorites episode wise in the last year anybody who hasn't checked that out make sure to do so i think you'll at least feel mildly more confident in pitts after you listen to that now that doesn't mean that he's going to hit but just we want to think through what are the range of outcomes how are those outcomes priced what does it mean from a tournament winning perspective what does it mean as we think about who we might draft a qb later in this draft i think there are a variety of ways that pitts makes sense here and even though the round i believe it is yes round 12 through 14 we have a bunch of tight end targets again if we get a little bit lopsided in positional allocation there the tight end premium in this particular format is very favorable for tight ends carrying you that's one of the things that's happened to us the last couple of years mark andrews carrying us in 2021 
TJ Hawkinson carrying us in 2022. If Kyle Pitts can be the guy here. I mean, one of the things that it can be hard to effectively think through when the previous season has been so traumatic is that I mean, you're just getting very different prices than you got last season. So I like that. And the other thing, Colin, that it allows us to do is that we now have an elite or at least potentially someone that we're banking on being elite at all four positions. It does. And I also, I don't know if Sean heard it or if it came true. I did say, okay, we'll take Travis Etienne here. And then Sean drafted Kyle Pitt. So I'm happy with how things have played out. Etienne may sneak back to us, Sean. The thing I was going to, he doesn't actually, he goes at the, the 510. I was going to say that if we pass on Pitts, the target then in the fifth round for me was going to be Dallas Goddard. We we did do a little bit of back and forth conversation yesterday in preparation for the draft. And Goddard is interesting. That was a point that Sean had made. Goddard goes on the, the very next pick after we had Kyle Pitts. So how do you feel now with the Pitts selection now that Dallas Goddard went in the following pick? A little bit better about it? Feel the same? What are you thinking? I do. When we didn't know, obviously, who was going to be available in round five as we were gaming this out Dallas Goddard was maybe not the top but he was definitely one of the top two or three guys that we were emphasizing in round six I think that he's a much safer way to play it than Kyle Pitts and yet at the same time if you're in this hybrid offense where the passing numbers are going to be capped if you have two superstar receivers ahead of you then that's also going to cap your ceiling, at least to an extent. Drake London looked very good at the end of last season. He's someone else who put up elite peripherals from awaited targets per route, from the ability to draw targets. He was the guy down the stretch with Pitts out. He's not someone who's coming off of an injury like Pitts is. And yet there's a very real scenario in which this team takes a big step forward as a passing offense and that Pitts is the driver for that. You get a lot more safety with Goddard, but you don't get quite that ceiling scenario. I would agree with that. And as we move in, uh, something that I had talked to you about when we were doing the, the preparation was the potential of that Atlanta stack with, you know, Pitts, London, and then going with Ritter. And that's kind of a thing that you'd normally have to do three rounds in a row of selections. But Drake London does go at the 512, somebody who mm -hmm. I think is interesting this year. So since we selected, it's Goddard, Walker, Carr, Etienne, Dobbins, then Matthew Stafford. Aaron Rodgers hasn't been drafted, Sean. Could be interesting. What Russell Wilson could be interesting. But I think we're in a zone here where there's a lot of names, you know, Pickett, Jordan Love. There's some that you can kind of stack a little bit cheaper with their, you know, wide receivers and so on. And there's some wide receivers in this zone that we do like as well. So this is going to be an interesting couple of rounds. And I am really enjoying how this is starting to, to shape up for us so far. Have you a priority target? Is rogers or wilson are they are they somebody that you're interested in you know at this particular point off the draft are you i think i'm happy to, to play it out you know and, and see what we can get even though the the part that gets tricky here is rogers now who's normally going as you mentioned in that kind of late third round is in the zone where we would be starting to think about potentially drafting kenny pickett or jordan love and that feels like a bit of a stretch in terms of trying to make the case for love at this particular point or for Pickett, who I would like to get. The other option is we could just try and let things continue to slide and see how far quarterback does drop in this and then see what our options are. So far through the draft, we have every team barring two at this point has at least one quarterback. We have one, two, three, four, five, six. We have seven teams with at least two. One of those has three. 
And then we have ourselves, the team in the 101 with one quarterback selected. The team in 3 and 11, they have zero quarterbacks at this point. So how are you feeling about quarterback? Are we letting things slide as no quarterback goes as Joe Mixon goes off the board? I think we probably want to let the QBs keep going. They could get wiped out in between, but the names at the top, I'm not that interested in. I prefer to see how far Pickett falls, especially with both of his guys still available in Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. I think Terry McLaurin is at least a vaguely interesting pick here, even though we are not particularly high on him. You can get him, obviously, with Sam Howell. Chris Godwin is pretty easily the best wide receiver available purely in a vacuum this feels like a, a wide receiver pick to me colin yeah and i think wilson or sorry i think sorry godwin is the the pick in terms of player the the interesting part is if we want to see if we can push Pickett into another round or two down and we have johnson and pickens as potential options to go with him i'm good with whichever way you want to go as you mentioned in a vacuum godwin is the, the play so we'll go godwin there and that relieves a little bit of concern that we might have about the balance or about being able to get to the receivers that we need in a draft that as drafters start to get comfortable with some of their other selections you would expect the position to get wiped out christian kirk goes right after us then aaron Rodgers, donnie hula bowling does pass a qb again and takes jackson smith and jigba i think we have two teams here sean that really want to get you know us to go in depth in our review show of this of this draft here they're really pushing out the boat at the you know the, the draft structure here well we have two really fun teams from that perspective and when you have a, a justin jefferson austin eckler Brees hall keenan allen jerry judy jsn team i mean that that's the brand right there <laughs> those are all of the most highly recommended guys i think that is a lot of fun and we can probably expect to be battling them as well for our favorite qb so there'll be a little bit of a a game of chicken there as we get here now into round seven eight nine and ten it'll be interesting to see if the work outing takes a qb at the six seven turn just jalen hurts right there colin we are now into a situation where i believe eight teams are up to the two quarterbacks and so the element that's leaped eating a little bit of the pressure is these two teams that don't have any quarterbacks at all yeah it's easing a bit of the pressure on on us because there's some quarterback options available it made it a little bit you know tempting to to go for the quarterback position at at a few rounds here but there is still plenty of quarterbacks that we will be intrigued but that is the challenge for us sean as we talked about when we started it we kind of knew wide receiver is going to go early but we also know that the favorite players that we talk about I, i would imagine that there's quite a number of the guys drafting in this that have sean's rankings pulled up on rotavis.com and they're just deciding at which round to take these players so kind of that that is an interesting challenge because the likes of a, a kenny pickett who we mentioned like Aaron Rodgers, falling as far as he did maybe not that surprising as we haven't you know talked a lot about rogers this offseason outside of the the move obviously to the new york jets and how things would settle there but the likes of a kenny pickett you could see going a little bit earlier the likes of a, a sam howell could go a little bit earlier so that's what's going to make it very, very intriguing for us because, you know, we're talking about the, the wide receiver position and getting priced out there. And that could happen because so far we have two wide receivers through those six rounds. But there is a chance then that if we're holding off on quarterback to such a point that we also get nipped out of that position. So 
this is going to be a fun couple of rounds here as we, we see what happens through the next tree and then we'll be able to, to plan and process through the last 10 rounds after that. Sean, we are four selections away from our pick as Terry McLaurin, Marquise Brown and Darren Waller go off at the turn along with Aaron Jones. For me at this point, those Pittsburgh Steelers wide receivers are very interesting. After that, I think you're dropping down into the DeAndre Swift kind of tier dotson and burke's interesting as well but i think for me that the pittsburgh wide receivers would be the priority target here is that how you're feeling or are you interested in one of those other names or potentially even even the quarterbacks right we don't really know how far the qbs are going to fall russell wilson jordan love both still available and it's gone (laughs) those guys are from rounds four and round five now Pickett did just go There'll be a little bit of a gamble for Donnie who love bowling. Again, that's the perfect team as we kind of talk through it to see if either of the two Steelers receivers get back for him. I don't know that you necessarily have to have that, right? The stacks are nice, but what you want to do is build the perfect team in a vacuum as well. Once the picket is gone here, it does become a little bit interesting Teams could start to look for the third quarterback here. We have one team out of the ninth position that is drafted three. We have the team out of 11 that is drafted zero. If we pass, I think that you have a very strong chance of having the 711 and the 802 being a QB QB hit right there. So these quarterbacks who look pretty fun right now and look like good values in terms of Wilson and Love, they could get wiped out. But we're also into the range where guys like Purdy, Ritter, and Howell are probably going to go. Colin, the other question then would be how comfortable you feel with Stroud and Bryce Young. A couple At other- this point or later? For later. Uh, I, I feel at this point I'm much more comfortable taking one of the Pittsburgh wide receivers than taking a quarterback. And you still like them with Pickett off the board? Yeah. Do you have, have a, you a different priority? You can you can overrule here. Well, I always miss on Jahan Dotson. He's here. Well, now let's go. I, you don't have to sell me on Dotson. I'm thinking if I say Dotson, you're saying let's wait you know, another round here for him. Okay, so Make we'll go ahead in. and we'll do a little bit of a reach here. We'll take Jahan Dotson. You don't have to talk me into, into Dotson. I'm just trying to read minds as well. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I think that, again, with the... Do you, do you think Dotson in this, uh, maybe because we've kind of... We have talked him up quite a bit recently. Do you think he would have went ahead off the other two? No, but one of the things that happens there is... You've, that you're thinking McLaurin, about Sam Howell in a couple of rounds time? Well, with McLaurin at the 612, if we take Dotson there it's a little bit less appealing for one of the drafters in the back half here to go after a howl. So the thing that you do with Dotson is that in addition to getting a guy that you like, you know, that you're not going to be able to get the Steelers stack. You possibly make Sam Howell a little bit less expensive, but I, Colin, I still think we have to take him next round. If we want him, I don't think that he would make it past the eight, nine turn. That team only has one QB. They have Terry McLaurin. It's an OT listener league draft. Really, Dotson, all that he does for us from that perspective is maybe increase the chances he gets back to eight. Let's see what happens then over the the rest of the round here. So far, Sean, we have Burrow, Taylor, Higgins, Stevenson, Pitts, Godwin, 
and then dots and so after having just one wide receiver through five rounds we now have two wide receivers extras or three wide receivers at this point pretty happy with how things are playing out we will put a pen in it there for today's portion of this draft it will come out in multiple pieces available of course on the road of his overtime podcast feed make sure you are subscribed drop us a written review on your favorite podcast app as we will then come back for the rest of the draft and that will be available on the podcast feed as i mentioned if you're signing up over at rotaviz.com you can use the code rv radio 2023 at checkout to save yourself 10 percent off a rotaviz nfl pass my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over tomorrow and my co-host is sean siegel check out sean's work up on rotaviz.com and until we are back have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.